This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Okay, uh, so welcome to a Light On podcast. Um, today we're talking to Peter Stone, who's with the Sovereign Project. And um, it's really funny that one of your uh, people reached out to me because I had actually seen a live with you and a friend of mine, Chadasana, um, and I was like asking him about you. I was like, how do I how do I contact that that guy? And I don't remember what happened, but I ended up meeting uh, Robert Michael first. So I had him on the show last time. Mm-hmm. And so we got a little bit of a primer for uh, some, you know, common law and uh, some of this stuff. Uh, but I, you know, I'm excited to hear like a new, maybe new perspective or maybe the same perspective. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but I guess you can start by telling us w- what is the Sovereign Project and what w- what is what are you all oh, about? Wow, yeah, Sovereign Project. Um, I, I'll just have to touch the surface because there's many layers involved in this, and it covers all sorts of things like the financial system, um, health, um, education, that sort of thing. But basically, the idea of the Sovereign Project is to teach people to regain their rights. They've just given away their rights and they've given away their freedoms and they don't realize this is what's happened to them. So the idea of the Sovereign Project is to teach people this and bring it all back. Retain your rights, get your freedom back, stand your ground, and you've got to get your mindset right as well. So part of the Sovereign Project as well is to get your mindset in the right state of mind. Stop being a slave lose that slave mentality um we've all been indoctrinated since birth to do as we're told and that's what's happening with most people today they're just being told what to do and they go off and do it without actually putting their hands up and go well hang on a minute do i have an obligation to actually do what you're telling me to do and if you research this stuff you realize there is no obligation so The idea behind the Sovereign Project is to start with the mindset uh, and then we will go on and teach you or uh, make you aware of, if you like, because we don't teach anything, um, but we just bring information to, you know, people's knowledge and say, look, do you know how contracts work? Do you know what the power is of your signature? Do you know the different levels of law? And most of it, in fact, all of it isn't even law anyway. They're just basically contracts and service agreements. Um, and then we go through um, how to put together a notice. Uh, we move on to how to do an affidavit, how to do a lien process. And we teach people how, if you want to keep your freedoms and your rights, if someone comes after you and tries to violate those rights, we show people how to fight back. And it's not difficult. Um, if people can learn this stuff, you, you don't need to hire a lawyer. Um, in fact, I would advise against that. Don't deal with lawyers. Um, they're not on your side. They swear an oath to the Bar Association and not you. Mm-hmm. So you don't need lots of money either. You can do all this from your kitchen table, if you like. So the Sovereign Project, we, we, we go through all this. We help with people's mindset. We also explain what's going on um, within the system, the legal system. We explain what the a mortgage is about, the marriage certificate. Um, we, we, we explain how governments are actually corporations acting as trusts. 
um, we show that you've lost your right to your vehicle. Here in the UK, we have the DVLA. You, if you register your car with the DVLA, they now own it. And what's happened is you've handed over ownership of your car to them. And now you have to pay tax on government property. Most people don't know that. Right. <laughs> so, um, so we go through all this. We teach language um, because most people today um, are illiterate. Now, that doesn't mean you can't read English because most people go, well, I can, eat, I can read English. I can write English. I don't know. You, you, you don't know what you're reading. It's not even English. <laughs> it's like a twisted form of dog latin that's what you're that's what you're reading um so we show people the different le levels of language and symbolism so you can spot that um we show how you, sh you should be able to uh, highlight legal fiction so if you look at a document we have to see what a legal fiction is in a document um we start with some basic stuff most people fall foul of this is that when they receive a document from a corporation or even at the uh, local government or council the document turns up it's not even signed <laughs> and people are going oh no i've received this and, and i'm like there's no signature on it <laughs> it's got no legal or lawful standing what uh -huh. are you worried about send it back notice of unable to respond <laughs> right. i do not respond to any documents that aren't signed by a living breathing man or woman with wet ink signature if there's no wet ink, ink signature if the, there's no signature it's toilet paper, it's, <laughs> it's junk mail, okay, mm -hmm. it gets returned. If, it's, if the signature is stamped, it's not a signature. If it's a photocopy, that's a copy, not interested. So simple things like this is people fall into this trap. They don't understand how contracts work, for example. Can, can you give me an example of like a document that would, that would come like that, that most people would yeah. take seriously? Yeah, sure, no problem. Uh, one of them is the most, um, the obvious one is here in uh, England, we have what is called the uh, council tax. So you get this council tax bill, um, which people have been tricked into thinking it pays for council services, but it doesn't. So the, I'll just touch on the council tax. So it's based on the, the, the value of your house and it's banding A, B, C, D, and it goes all the, all the way down. And usually it's like £1,500 a year, something like that for the average person, 1700 Wow. But the bill that's sent to you, there's no signature on the bill. There's no name. There's no person making the claim saying, you owe us this. And then people just accept it and think, oh, oh I better pay it. And I go, well, wait, wait, wait. Just take a look at that documentation. There's no signature. Also, there's no name of the person who's making the claim against you. And then when you start reading the document, you say, well, it says here, Leicester City Council or whatever, wherever, Man Manchester City Council, wherever you are. And go, well, that's a legal fiction. You know, do you have any connection with that company? And it is a company. All councils are actually registered businesses. They're all companies, they're all corporations. I said, have you got a, a contract with this place, with anybody? Have you got something signed with them? And then most people go, well, no. So I says, well, why are you required to pay them then? <laughs> so people go, oh yeah. <laughs> so it's simple stuff like that. But just touching on the council tax, and you know, if anyone's listening and they think, oh well, I've got to pay me council tax, otherwise who will empty my bins? Well, no, that's not what council tax is. You, most councils um, are in debt for a lot of money, and um, these are called lender option, borrower option loans, L O B O loans. They're with American banks for about seventy-five years and have very, very high interest rates. The council tax that people pay is paying the interest on those loans. And you're also paying for the pensions of all the MPs that have ever retired in that area. So you're paying their pensions and you're paying offshore accounts 
and it has nothing to do with council services, emptying your bins or mowing your lawns. It's a complete fraud. Hmm. Thousands of people are waking up to this. You know, this is nothing new. Yeah. So, yeah, it's stuff like that. So when the documentation comes through, um, it can be a parking ticket. It comes through and you look at it and go, well, hang on a minute, it's not even signed. So like the <laughs> ones then, they leave on the window of your car? Well, yeah, you can have, there's two types. You can have one that's actually stuck onto your car, which yeah. is completely unlawful because you can't, see, the traffic warden has actually broken the law because um, th- that car is your property. You do not have a contract with that traffic warden. So to be able to issue a notice, you have to have a contract prior to the notice. There's only two reasons to actually issue a notice. Number one, breach of contract, or you violated someone's rights. And that's it. So they're the two reasons, okay? If you do not have that, you cannot issue a notice. So that traffic warden has put a ticket on my my windscreen, and I go, well, I've got no contract with him, and I haven't violated his rights. So how can he stick a notice on my car? So he's just actually uh, done an unlawful act. Now... We need to distinguish the difference between legal and lawful. They're completely different, completely right. different. The word legal or illegal always refers to a contract. Okay. So whenever you hear that illegal or legal, always 100% of the time contract. Okay. Lawful or unlawful is a crime. You've committed a crime. You violated someone's rights. That sort of thing. They're completely separate. Okay. So going back to the ticket, so, yeah, we've got two types of ticket. One that is stuck to your window, you know, windscreen, which is unlawful. I have no contract with that traffic warden, and I can go after that traffic warden if I want, legally, legally and lawfully. Uh, the other option is you might drive, you get a, someone takes a photograph of you, and then a week later, this happened to me, and uh, it came in the post, you owe 95 quid. Do I? Really? Where's the contract? <laughs> really? <laughs> So I, I got rid of that. <laughs> yeah. So in fact, I should have took it further. I should have actually sued the, the company that sent me the, the ticket because it's all unlawful. If there is no contract, they cannot send me a fine for breach of contract. What they've done is committed an unlawful act, which is called a tort. That's a torturous act. So if they're sending me a demand for payment where there is no contract and therefore breach of contract, they're in serious trouble. And now I can go after them. Always like, it's funny because intuitively, like it always did seem so wrong to me. Like there was something not right about that. Somebody like littering on your car. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) It really is like litter. Like, why are you putting this on my car? Yes, exactly. It's on my property. And I go, you know, who's putting this on my car? It's like, you know, where's the contract? Where's the authority? And another thing about authority as well is that there there is only one authority. That's yours and mine. Okay, mm-hmm. there is no such thing as authorities, it doesn't exist. That's another mindset, mind game thing that's going on. Mm-hmm. It's your authority. So, for someone else to have authority over me, I must give them my authority. I must allow it. I say, Yes, I allow you to now have some authority over me. This is easy to understand if you take on a job. So, if you go and work for somebody, and um, then you have a boss and you agree and you say to the boss, yes, OK, I'll give you some of my authority that you can tell me what to do. But within the confines of this contract that we've agreed. So between these times, you know, five and, you know, nine till five, Monday to Friday, you can tell me what to do pertaining to the job that I'm doing. You know, 
working on the widget machine. Okay, that's it. His authority <laughs> does not extend past that contract. So right, if we right. bump into each other, like on a Saturday night in a bar, he can't turn around and say, right, go and get me the drinks. <laughs> you what? <laughs> no. Right. You don't have the authority to tell me what to do. So, yeah, authority is yours. It's always been yours from the beginning of time. And people have given it away and they've believed in authorities. So this is another mindset thing. So when someone does something to you, like the parking ticket guy, you know, where's the authority come from? You should ask that. Everyone should ask that. Where's the authority? And you can do this with anything. If someone tries to you know, make you wear a mask or something like that, you under what authority? Did I give you authority to do this? No, I didn't. So where are you getting this authority from? So it's a mindset thing. You have no, you have no contract to wear a mask with them, right? But if, if you had written something out that said, I will wear this mask based on these terms, right? That would be a different story. That's correct. Because you've consented prior to... Right. The request to wear the mask. In fact, that brought up mandates. Okay, now I, I want to get this through. Everyone I speak to now, I want to get this through about mandates. Is people out there are panicking. Millions, if not billions, of people are panicking over mandates. Going, oh no, they're mandating masks. They're mandating tests. They're mandating passports and all this nonsense. Hmm. That's not how mandates work. You cannot be mandated without a contract written before the mandate. Okay, so this is very simple. You have to agree to the mandate. So you have to sit down with that person. You have a contract. You sign it. The other person signs it. That's a contract. By the way, the only thing that is a real contract is two signatures on that document. Okay, if there's only one signature on there, it's not a contract. It'll be a second signature. This is simple stuff. Makes okay. sense. <laughs> I know. I know. It is simple stuff, and it's surprising how many people don't know this. It's like, <laughs> mind blown. But yeah, you've got to have two signatures for a contract or more. You can have, you know, more part. You can have three or four parties as many as you want, but it's mm -hmm. got to be two. So keep it simple. So there has to be a contract. So you sit down with whoever it is. We'll call him. We'll call him Billy Bob. You draw up the contract and you say, yes, if there's a uh, medical emergency. Um, then I agree that I will wear a mask and you will have the authority to mandate me to wear a mask. So you will sign it, Billy Bob will sign it, and then you hand it over. Billy Bob now has his contract and he can sit in his drawer in his filing system, no problem. Then a year later, he can turn around and say, right, we've got a medical emergency. It fits the contract you've signed. Um, I'm now going to mandate you to wear a mask. And then you go, well, okay, you've got a contract. I agree to it. I've signed it. Yes, I'm going to wear a mask. So that's how a mandate works. Now, here's the key. If someone tries to mandate you without that contract, they are committing a crime. Okay, no ifs, no buts, no discussion. That person is forcing an illegal and unlawful mandate onto you. They have no authority to do it because you didn't give it to them. So they're forcing a contract onto you that you did not consent to and did not agree to. As soon as that happens, as soon as you hear that, it's going, oh, excuse me. Are you actually mandating me to wear this mask? Is, is that what you're doing? Right. You're going to be in a world of pain because I'm sending you notice, notice of liability, and I'm just going to start hitting you with the notices, and I'm going to go to an affidavit, and I'm going to see you in court. I'm going to take you for your house. And this is what people need to do. They need to get angry, and they need to protect their rights, and they need to protect their freedoms. And you just got to know how this works, how contract work, law works, which is mm -hmm. basically um, equity law. To yeah, study. It's very simple. It's not difficult. 
know it, understand it, and then apply it to these people who try and mandate things onto you. Forget government. Government doesn't exist, okay? It's a legal fiction. It's the Wizard of Oz, right? It's the big, scary... I don't care about the big, scary thing. I pull the curtain back and say, who's this guy pulling the levers? Right. So you go after the first point of contact. So if you go into a shop, it's that person there, the shopkeeper, him. He's yeah. saying, you've got to wear a mask. Oh, you're mandating me. That's the guy you go after. You get it recorded, get it witnessed, you don't come in after you. <laughs> and have you had any success with this? Like I've been uh, I've been at this or oh, gotta be getting on for 30 years. Um, I don't get I, I don't get pushed around. So when someone comes after me, I will fight back. And I've done this and I've learned this over three decades, put it that way. And I started off small. So, you know, small claims were coming after me and I went, no, what's this? And then I've just learned and then I've just come back and I've just, I'm not having this. And then I've just sat down on the computer, you know, grafted my letter or notice, sent it off. And I just kept doing this. So every time I got something that um, I didn't agree with, I would fight back and I've had a hundred percent success rate. So I've sued a few people in the past, usually over cars, um, bad paint job, um, not, not um, I sued someone who um, didn't um, honor the warranty on a car. Um, another company I sued because they didn't honor a warranty on a laptop. Um, I got caught up in this, um, you might have heard about it, the, the Scottish power scam that um, everyone's talking about on the internet. Um, there's, this, there's a Facebook group anyway, and I'll have to say, allegedly, <laughs> for legal reasons. Yeah. But anyway, if you're a customer of Scottish Power and you decide to switch and say, I don't want to be a customer anymore, I'm going to go to somewhere else, um, you pay up, you, you clear your account, zero your account, you move over. Three months later, they will send you a, a bill out and say, you owe us, and it happened to me, uh, you owe us £195. Really? I owe you £195. Really? I wasn't going to have any of this. It's not so much the amount of money because it's couple of hundred quid but it's the principle of the thing sure, so sure. i started contacting them and while i was dealing with the person by the way don't deal with the legal fiction scottish power doesn't exist don't deal with that don't use the complaints department you go in and you get a name of somebody and you deal with that person by name which is what i did and i just continually contacted this person and while i was dealing with this woman this manager the, the mail from Scottish Power, Power kept coming up. Final demand. You know, you're in default. Right, sending a bailiff. And, and what I was doing is I said to the, uh, I kept going to the lady and I says, look, I'm not actually suing um, Scottish Power. I'm coming after you. I says, you will be held, held liable personally. Mm -hmm. And it took about several, I did about seven letters, notices, this back and forth emails. And in the end, I got this email out the blue. <laughs> and it says, oh, Sorry, we've made a mistake. Um, you don't owe us £195, but we owe you £30. Here's a check. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> so, that took a turn. It did. And I thought, okay. Now, I could have taken it further, but I thought, you know what? I I'll leave it. I'll leave it. I'll Whatever. I, I cashed the check because even though it's 30 quid, it's, not, it's nothing. But if I cash the check from Scottish Power, it's now registered in my bank account and it proves that they actually did return the check. So if they come after me again, I'll say, well, hang on a minute. You sent me a check for 30 quid. 
why would you do that if I owe you money? So the, the thing about remedy as well is you've got to start right at the beginning. Document everything. Um, don't go in half cocked. Don't use the phone. Don't use the phone. Get off the phone ASAP. Don't phone these people up. You're wasting your time. Don't go down the, um, the they've got helplines and complaint departments. Wasting your time. They, they are set up just to spit you out the other end. Mm -hmm. So what you do is you go in personally and you do it through letters and you send it via post. You can do it through emails if you wish. If it's a small claim, like that Scottish Power thing, I just did emails. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, uh, but if it's bigger, I would switch to letters and have every letter recorded delivery and I'd have every letter witnessed as well. And then it would be all recorded in a ledger, dates, times, everything that was done, names, places, the whole thing. And you, that's your case, if you like, it's your case. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I've had uh, success with this um, many, many times and um, just fight, the, just fight your corner. I mean, I haven't, um, I mean, I knew this was coming by all the way, all this lockdown stuff. Yeah. Um, I knew it was coming. I was warning people in 2017. I said, it's coming. They're putting, you know, government's putting uh, legislation in place, ready for something big, 2020. And it looks like there's some sort of lockdown thing going on. Everyone uh, thought it was a crazy person. Um, but I've been left alone. There's been no lockdown for me. Uh, I just carried on as normal. I went out. I went to the shop. I walked yeah. in petrol stations. No, no mask or anything. No one said anything. Really? I was waiting for it. I said, come on, tell me to wear a mask. <laughs> I was waiting and no one would. So, uh, but yeah, for us, no lockdown. Do you suppose they know they know you around town? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I think it might be the way you carry yourself. Yeah. So I think that might be part of it because if if you walk in and you're hunched down and you 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 know and you then you look like you're going to be a victim. But if you go in head up high, you seem to be left alone. I don't know if that's true, but that's very true, actually. I, I've been uh, working as an actor for a very long time, and I can kind of equate a lot of things, you know, with what I learned doing that. Um, and one of the things I had to learn as an actor is when you go into a room for an audition, if yes. you go in like you're afraid and you're meek and you're scared, that, that audition is finished for you. Really? You're not going to get any, anywhere. If you go in and you're confident, you know what you're doing, you're prepared. I mean, it's all about confidence. And I think that carries over into real life. I mean, it's the energy that you bring with you when you're walking into anywhere. Yes. So absolutely. And I, I always think about that. There you go. You're living proof. <laughs> yeah. I must be right. <laughs> but, but I mean, still, you know, I live in New York City and I, I have had major issues just going. Sh I mean, I will say I have a high success rate. Uh, mm -hmm. I guess compared to most people I know, but I have had problems, you know, just going shopping with the whole mask thing. And I, I'm usually successful in, in getting my food, but it takes like, you know, a conversation or uh, yeah. making kind of a scene, you know? Um, <laughs> but yeah, but I'm, you know, the part, part of the reason I think that I've been successful is cause I, you know, I was well, well rehearsed, well read on, on the, yeah. you know, my rights and, um, you know, I didn't comport myself like I was under their authority. Mm, mm, mm. So that's, there's definitely something to be said about that. But 
But yeah, I mean, what do you, I guess, what do you say to people who, who are like, well, if I do this stuff, you know, I'm, I might get arrested or, um, you know, I might have to go through their, ho jump through their hoops. Yes. I mean, it does seem like that happens. It does. It does. But only because those people who get arrested don't understand how the system works and they make massive big mistakes. So this is part of the Sovereign Project. We, uh, we hold a workshop, a weekly workshop. So there's over like, I think last, last time, we, there's over 120 people there, you know. And um, we go through on trying, you've got to distinguish, first of all, the difference between a police officer and a constable. They're completely different. So most people don't know this. So it's different depending on uh, which country you're in. Um, but I have an understanding of the police in the UK and I have an understanding about the police in America. They're all private businesses. Okay. That's the very first thing people need to understand is the police are a private business. You can look them up um, in here. I think it's company's house. You look up company's house and then you'll be able to find the name of the police station and it's a registered business. It's a private for-profit business. Wow. So the best way, I won't go into too much detail, but the best way to understand it is that a constable of law has taken an oath to protect your rights and uphold the law. So the oath is slightly different depending on your um, country. And in our country, in England, they swear an oath to the Queen, which is crown law. Uh, I think in America, in Canada, actually, I think it's still under the Queen. I think it is. I'd have to double check. In America, it's corporate, so it, you're actually swearing a different oath. But look up the oath. So you've got a constable. A constable is uh, swears an oath to uphold the law. He is responsible for himself, and he's not an employee. Okay, uh, so he's responsible for everything. So if he does something wrong, he is personally liable. Um, on the other hand, the policeman is completely corporate. He does not deal in law in any way, shape, or form. He only deals in policy. That's where the word police officer comes from policy enforcer police officer so all he does is he goes around and he tricks people into entering into contracts and they you know people because they don't know any different they enter into the contract and then they end up paying a fine or going to prison and they don't understand what happened and the way that the police do this is they have to create joinder they have to get you to agree to a question or answer a question or agree to something. And it can be as simple as the policeman asking to see your driver's license. You can just say that, can I see your driver's license? You pulled over at the side of the road, you've got your window down, the policeman's standing there says, can I see your driver's license? And if you went, yes, here it is, there's the joinder. You've contracted with him and now you are liable for all the policies and he can throw them all at you and you have to pay them if you don't, your car gets smashed up and impounded and all the rest of it. So you don't enter into joinder. So if you're going to get into a, con a conversation with a police officer, the very first thing you need to do is, who are you? I need to know who you are. So don't treat them as police officers, right? For all I know, it could be a male stripper. I don't know. He's got a uni uniform on. I don't know who he is. <laughs> he could be on his way to a gig. And he thought, I know, I'll just try and pull this motorist over and scam him. I don't know. So you've got to treat them like that. You go, I don't know who you are. You just walked up to me. I didn't ask you to come over here. So who are you? And then you might say, um, you know, I'm a PC, whatever. And, oh, right. Okay. So you're formally identifying yourself as a police officer. Is that what you're doing? Okay, great. Right. What's your name? Get your name. Can I see your warrant card, please? 
and you get the identification. So it's a, depending on what country you're actually you have a warrant card or identification. Can I have that? Thank you. Check it. Okay. The next question is, are you on your oath? <laughs> and he's going to go, oh, no. Because <laughs> he, he's got to say yes. Yeah. If he says he's, on, he's working on his oath, he's now a constable of the law. He's no longer dealing as a police officer. And now I can start talking about the law. And then I can start saying things like, okay, can you tell me the crime that's been committed? And he's like, no. <laughs> so they're, so they're cognizant of this, though, th th that they're acting in this capacity? Yeah, I mean, a lot of them are brainwashed, okay? Yeah. A lot of them are, but most of them know. They've been programmed to not respond to that oath thing. Right. You can, there's YouTube clips out there. You can see where people have said, are you on your oath? And then the policeman yeah. froze and he's, <laughs> yeah, Chris, Chris Sky has done it. I don't know if you're yes. if you follow him. Yeah, I do. Great. He's got a fantastic mindset. I love the guy. <laughs> you know, that, we need more of him. Yeah, okay, we need more Chris Sky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, you just you know, I mean, we, we've got people in England have done it, and um, I've got some clips. I've saved them. I downloaded them, so I've got to save that clip. It's great, and. You, you can ask the policeman three times, right? You ask him, if he doesn't answer, you, you demand an answer. You say, well, I've just asked you once, you know, are you working under your oath today? And that's the first time I've asked you. I'm going to ask you a second time. And if you don't answer for the third time, I'm going to give you a forewarning. If you don't answer for the third time, I will answer for you. And you can do that under equity law. That's the rule of three. So, um, yeah, so you ask again, and if he doesn't answer, you ask again. He says, right, well, I've asked you three times. You failed to answer, so I'm going to answer for you, and therefore you're not on your oath. And if you're not on your oath, you're not a constable. If you're not a constable, you're not a policeman, and you're not actually masquerading as a policeman now. You're actually breaking the law in your own legal system, and you're committing a crime against me within law, proper law. And then get it recorded. Have a witness. <laughs> And now you can start telling the policeman, look, what, how do you want to, you know, how do you want to continue? I've got you now. I, I'm gonna, this is for court. I've got a witness. I've got it on camera. What do you want to do? And then see what happens, you know. But uh, yeah, they are on oath. Get them as a constable. Don't deal with the police. I mean, I've had some dealings in the past, and I was only learning this when I was a bit younger. Mm -hmm. um, but um, yeah, you know, I mean, you don't have to go aggressive. You don't have to go. You know, don't go using bad language or anything. Just be confident, but say, look, you know, I'm trying to deal with you, but you're not identifying yourself properly. You're not, you know, you've not told me about if you're working under your oath or not. You know, so if you know this, you're educated, you can protect yourself. Sure. Yeah. So, so, so then whatever charges they um, try and put on you after that, yeah. um, how does that usually work? I mean, uh, I'm just trying to think of an example. Um, well, you said the word charge. Right. That's a legal term. <laughs> right, 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 right. He's going to have to tell me a crime. Right, so give me a name of the crime. You've got to tell me. If, 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 if I only deal with crimes and arrests. If he says that, uh, I'm being detained, I go, yeah. what, what are you doing? Detaining? That's a legal term. Under what authority are you detaining me? So this is, people think the word detain and arrest is the same thing. No, it's not. Otherwise, why would you have separate words? So detaining is a legal term used within their legal system. You have to have a legal um, uh, authority to detain someone. That person has, has to have signed a contract agreeing with you 
to detain me. Mm-hmm. And I know I didn't give that authority. So you say, well, how, how are you detaining me? Where's your authority coming from? So the thing is, he says, no, give me the name of the crime. Tell me the crime. Are you, are you telling me that I've committed a crime? If so, tell me what the crime is. And are you going to arrest me for the crime? And if they're going to arrest me for a crime, I need to know who the victim is. I know my rights. So go, if we go back, let's say um, someone's knocking on your door as a policeman and they want to arrest you. I'm going to need to see two documents. I'm going to need to see a warrant. And that warrant has got to be signed by a judge. And I want to see that judge's name clearly printed on that warrant. Okay, no chicken scratch. If I can't identify who that judge is by name, then that warrant null and void. Because I said, I don't know who this judge is. That's toilet paper. So I want, and it's got to be a genuine signature, not copy or anything like that. Then that warrant has to be backed up by at least a certified copy of the affidavit from the person who is making the claim against me that I've committed a crime. I've got to have those two documents. I need to know who is making the claim against me. Who is saying I've committed a crime? If I do not get those two pieces of documentation, if I do not get the name of the person who is making the claim against me, then I'm going to say to the policeman, are you making the claim? It's up to you. So if the policeman is making a claim, right, well, you are going to have to swear on an affidavit that I've committed this crime then. And then this is where it goes. And you start, you've got to put, you've got to put the claim on someone. If someone's making a claim against you, you've got to say, well, who is it? Give me the name of the person who's making this claim. Now, if the policeman is saying, um, I don't know who it is, I'll say, okay, then. So you're acting as an agent then, are you? If you're acting as an agent, I need to know the name of your principal. Now, if he says um, a legal fiction, oh, I'm work- you know, I work for Leicester City Council or whatever. Really? You just give me a, a legal fiction. You know, that's, uh, that's fraud in the court of law. You can't do that. So I don't deal with legal fictions. I need a name. So, and that's why when you start, when someone tries to arrest you, a policeman tries to arrest you, that's why you get him on his oath before you even start the conversation. Because if he's making illegal claims against you, he's incriminating himself. Right. And then I can give him a forewarning and says, look, you've just incriminated yourself. You're trying to arrest me. You haven't told me who the principal is. You're acting as an agent, but I don't know any more than that. You don't have the correct documentation. You're acting as a constable. You are going to be held personally liable. And then if you just know your rights and you just know this basic stuff, you're going to win. I mean, it's not going to be easy. Don't get me wrong. I don't want people watching this thing. Oh, this is easy. No, it's not easy. You've got to have the stand your ground. You've got to have the confidence to do it and understand how this works. And don't, don't do it power fashion. Don't just repeat what I'm saying. Learn how this works and then understand what you're saying. That's the key. There's yeah. too many people saying, oh, can I have a script? No, it doesn't work like that. Go and have a script. You've got to learn it. You've got to change your mindset and you've got to understand why you're asking these questions. You've got to be so able to roll know. with every situation, right? Yes, yes. You've got to be able to adapt. You've got to right. know it, you know. So, um, but yeah, going back to your original question about um, charged. <laughs> I go, excuse me. Are you detaining me? Is this what's happening? You know, so- under what authority? You know, and if they start quoting legislation, <laughs> okay. You know, have you got any evidence that this legislation applies to me? <laughs> nope. 
So you should avoid saying uh, to terminology from from their legal system. Then it, will, will that create joinder as well? Yes, that's another yeah. thing. That's okay. right. Keep out of their sandbox. That's right. Okay. Don't deal with it. Um, don't get pulled into their system. So always never answer their questions. By the way, and always if they ask you a question, you've got to spin it around and you turn it into a question back at them. Mm. So the way I say it as well is remember it this way. The word as king, asking, comes from as king. So as king, I'm the one asking the questions. So be the king. So it's only a subject of the king who answers the king. Right? So you've got to try and get... Yeah. (laughs) I love learning like the root of words like that because it's so, it's just like, oh, okay. (laughs) I know. I know. It's when you learn something. And like... um, I say to a lot of people, what I do is when I wake people up, I give them the uh, They Live sunglasses. We've all seen the meme where they've got that film, the They Live. And yeah. he's looking through his sunglasses, he lifts it up. And then, oh, now he can see the aliens, if you like. Yes. Well, that's what I do. I mean, I explain yeah. this stuff to people and they go, oh, why didn't I see that? Yes. <laughs> it's like um, I was explaining uh, speed cameras uh, to, to the group. Because they were saying, well, what happens if I get caught speeding? And I go, okay, well, how did you get caught, you know, on, on a camera? And then I ask them, I says, well, do you have a contract be- between the company that owns that camera that's stuck in the ground taking photographs? And they go, no. I says, okay, then. So where's the legal and lawful contract that, la- that me- makes the company that owns the speed camera charge you a fine? There is none. There's no contract between you and the speed camera. Because remember, police are private corporations. Put it this way. Let me try and explain it. Let's say, for example, I came to your house and I put a pole in the ground and I put a camera on it, okay, and it was focused on your front door. It was on the street. Then you walk out your front door and you walk past my camera down the street and it takes a picture. Click. And then I take the picture out and then I knock on your front door when you're home from work and I say, Oh, I noticed in this picture you're actually wearing trainers and not shoes. Well, that goes against my policy, so you owe me £1,000. <laughs> <laughs> you go, oh, well, okay, yeah, sure, no way. How do you want that, check or card? No, <laughs> it's the same thing with the speeding cameras. Yeah. Where's the contract? Where's the contract that I signed saying I will accept a fine from that camera that I don't own and have no relationship to? common law is easy you just got to wake up a bit <laughs> and you have you have under common law you have the right to travel right Absolutely. i've heard a lot a lot about that like you you actually don't even you don't need a license you don't need anything you can literally just have a car and you have yeah. the god-given right to travel <laughs> and that driver's license think about it when you think about it it's your car right you bought it it's your property you're traveling on it a license is asking permission from someone else to do the thing. And I'm going, well, who am I asking permission to drive my own car? <laughs> what? This makes no sense. It's like marriage license. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> two people want to get married. You're asking permission to get married. Who are you asking permission? Who is it? And they're like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> That's what a license is. The basics of a license is asking permission to use the rights of someone else. Yeah. 
simple as you're asking permission. So, um, you know, say you, you had a camera, you, you know, you owned it and I wish to use it. Uh, I, I says, can I use it? And you'll say, yes, you can use it under license or something like that. And I would have, a, we'd have a contract and then I could use it. So yes, all the licenses is you're asking permission from someone else to do the thing. Well, why do I need a license to drive my own car? Why do I need a dog license? It's my dog. <laughs> why do I need a fishing license? You know, if the, if the stream, if it's um, common land and it's not privately owned, then who am I asking permission to fish? <laughs> it's, it, again, it's mindset stuff. You've got to wake up and you're going, you know, it's the marriage thing that gets me. It's like people are getting married and, oh, we've got a marriage license. Who are you asking to get? Yeah, where's the permission? <laughs> Mom and dad, you know, can I get married, please? <laughs> it is very silly when you think about it. Yeah. Now, how about on a, on a much larger scale, say, I mean, I know places that have closed down their borders where you can't even travel. My friend is on in Australia and she had to get like, you know, she had to put in special paperwork in order to leave the country and come back home. Um, how How would something like that work? Yes. Well, the principles are all the same. It's just the fight is much bigger, okay? Right. So it's the same thing. So I think the average person probably watching this could probably take on a shopkeeper who's trying to force you to wear a mask, okay? Yeah. You could do that. It's not a problem. You know, that's, that's low level. Okay, trying to get across a border and you're dealing with airports, it can be daunting. But the techniques are exactly the same. Shrink it down. So if you're trying to get across a border or, you know, your airport, you've landed or whatever, and then that per someone comes up to you. There's got to be an altercation. Otherwise, you just get off the plane and you're just walking along with your bags and you enter the country. There has to be a person that's going to stop you, a physical, living, breathing man or woman, and says, oh, you've got to stop. Mm. That's the person you go after. right? Okay. Forget airports, forget borders, forget governments. Or focus on that one person. So there's different ways. Uh, I don't talk about solutions or answers because there is no solution or answer. There's remedies. This is why in common law and equity law, that sort of stuff in the, in the, you know, these circles, we always talk about remedy. There's stages, there's, there's different directions you can take. It's entirely up to you. One of the ways you could go is if you have a passport, which is in the Commonwealth. I mean, I have a British passport. Okay. I think it's 42 countries are in the Commonwealth and all those passports are actually under uh, crown law now in the british one if, if anyone's watching this check your passport if you, if you open your first page especially in the british one there is a decree by the queen and the decree says anyone holding this passport cannot be detained you cannot stop the person's right to travel you, you cannot violate that person's right to travel. Travel, yeah, otherwise, right that... here, actually. oh, there you go. Have a look at the first page. The first page, decree by the queen. Very, very first page. So the Secretary of State of the United States of America hereby requests all whom it may concern to permit oh. the citizen national of the United States named herein to pass that's without United delay. States. That's it. Well, that one, that's yours is a United States passport. Yeah. Oh yeah. Not. I have a British passport, which is. Uh, uh, crown law you have a corporate passport oh but you, what does your first page say 
So it says, yeah, requests all whom it may concern to permit the citizen national of the United States named herein to pass without delay or hindrance and in case of need to give all lawful uh, aid and protection. Yeah. Yeah. And then a bunch of stuff in a different language. Well, you can use that. I mean, that is legislation. Okay. You're dipping your toe into the legal world because yours, your passport's different to mine. Mine's crown law. And by the way, crown law is not be all and end all because equity law is above crown law. Common law is above that. But you can use these things if you know how to. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this is the one thing I teach or discuss with people is there's different levels of law. Mm -hmm. And then you think of it like a toolbox and you can select which level of law you want to use. And it depends on who you're applying it to. Now, an employee at the airport is an employee with the corporation that is registered with the government. Therefore, all legislation, statutes and everything like that apply to that airport. So you see the chain, how that works? Mm -hmm. So you can use legislation at that point and you could use your American statute law even at that point. You, could, you can quote that. And then you can go to that low level employee and say, look, have you read the first page of my passport? You understand what you're doing. You're violating this statute code. Okay. That's a crime. Do you want to continue going down this road or do you want to get your supervisor down here? Because I'll tell you what I'm going to be doing is if you don't let me pass, I'm coming after you in a court of law for violating this statute, blah, blah, blah. And then you get the supervisor down and say, right, this uh, employee here has just violated my rights. I'm going to be suing them for 10,000 pounds. How do you want to handle this? Do you want to discipline this employee and sack him or do you want to back him up? Because if you want to back him up, I'm then going to take you to court for 50000 And then I'm going to be sending a notice of interest to all the board of directors of the, uh, the airline, whoever it is, and say, look, I've got two employees here. They've just violated statute code, blah, 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 out of my passport. They've detained me without authority. I'm taking these two employees to court. How do you want to handle it? Do you want to back up these two employees? If you do, fine. That means I'm suing you for $1.5 So you escalate. You stand your ground and you mm -hmm. say, look, this is how it's going to happen. So you can use the toolboxes, right? It depends. But you cannot use any of these statutes, legislation or anything against a, a sovereign. Okay? Because they don't apply to me. Mm -hmm. So you have to find the contract first. Okay? So if you're just pumping into a person in the street and you get your passport out and say, oh, you, you can't stop me from traveling, that person says, there's no contract between me and your passport, pal. You know, that's different. So you can't apply it to someone who is sovereign because there is no contract. But you can apply it to employees of a corporation registered to the government. Anything that's registered to the government are liable for all the policies, all of them. And that's why you play the game. This is why when I do the workshop, when people realize this, they realize that the fear goes away. Because the legislation, the policies and all this, it doesn't apply to you as a living, breathing man or woman in any way, shape or form. I have to consent. I have to sign a contract. If there's no contract, it doesn't apply. But it does apply to all the corporations and all the agencies and all the employees and especially people who work for the government who have sworn an oath. If they've sworn an oath, they're in a terrible position. Because I'll say, oh, I'm going to take that oath. I'm one of the people. I'm a people. I'm going to take that oath. And now you work for me. <laughs> this is how <laughs> constitutional law works. Wow. Let's touch on that very quickly. I just want to touch on in America. 
Sure. The uh, a lot of people in America have got it backwards, right? You ask them why have you got the right to rem- uh, why have you got the right to keep and bear arms, and they turn around and say, oh well, it's the Second Amendment. The, the Constitution gives me that right. No, it doesn't. You already had that right. You already have it. You've always had that right. The Constitution just protects that right you already have from government. Okay, mm-hmm. so. This is another thing about rights. Too many people are pointing at other people's documents and saying, oh, because of this constitution, I have the right to freedom of speech. I have the right to this. I don't know. That's not how rights work. You can't point to someone else's document. I mean, I say, you know, someone who says, points to the constitution and say, oh, well, the constitution, that's where I get my right to free speech. Is your signature on it? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so how does that apply to you? It doesn't. Just know you already have these rights. Okay, so don't point to other documents and say, oh, I can do this thing because this document over here says I can do it. Too many people are making that mistake as well. And then they end up in trouble because they're pointing at constitutional law thinking, you know, this is this. And then they make the mistake of letting themselves be called citizen. Mm. Big mistake. If you use that passport, yours will probably say citizen. And in big capital letters, I'm pretty sure your name will be in large capital letters all caps, and it'll be your full name with your end, you know, middle, first, middle, and end if you've got a middle name, and it'll say American citizen. But the word citizen should be in there. It used to be subject here in Britain, and it switched to citizen now, so it's now a citizen. If you take, if you accept that title, that means you accept membership of citizenship, (laughs) which means you have no status. In layman's terms, a citizen is a slave. You have a lower standing than anything else. A policeman is now above you in title. So if you accepted the title citizen, policeman's above you. That's all he needs. All he needs to hear is, yes, I'm an American citizen. Bang, that's it. Put the cuffs on him. You've lost. So that's how they get, that's how they trap you. They put a title on you. You see, the entire global system this is something that people have got to wake up to the entire global system all the legislation all these rules they come out with all the guidelines you know statutes whatever you want to call it all requires your consent you have to consent to it it cannot apply to a living breathing person man or woman who has the status of sovereign and i'm taking the word sovereign as having supreme authority not title don't put the title sovereign on you it's status Mm-hmm. So what they have to do, this is the government, this is you. The government has to trick you into accepting a title. Once you accepted the title, you slide into the hierarchy with them at the top, you at the bottom. So that's subject. So, I mean, the word subject is you are subject to the will of the king. So whatever the king says, you must do it. Okay. Citizen is the same thing, but you are subject to the policies of a corporation. Citizen is a basically an employee. So if you accept citizen, I'm an American citizen, you, you're done. You are the lowest of the low in this corporation. Everyone is above you, judges, police, everybody. And now so you're all, done. All these people fighting to get citizenship in the United States are <laughs> yes. really just trying to get uh, to be, being indoctrinated into slavery. Yes. <laughs> Yes, that's right. In fact, um, if you look at the American Civil War and you research this, you will find that, uh, yes, it was about slavery, but not the way people think. It was Abraham Lincoln who wanted to introduce slavery 
to all. And he did this by creating the American citizen. So everyone knew that he won. And since that day forward, all Americans were slaves. You see, before all this, Americans became sovereign. Because you know when Americans, you know, who were the British, and they said, you know what, we don't like Britain anymore and all this nonsense and rules and stuff and, tax and taxation. So they paddled out to America. So the original Americans uh, cut ties with the British monarch, the British monarchy. And at that time, they became sovereign because they had no one controlling them, no monarchy, no government. They were sovereign. The bankers says, you know what, we can't have this. And the world family says, we can't have this. So we're going to have to pull these Americans back into the slave system. But we can't just come out and say that and call them slaves. So now we come up with citizens and it's citizenship. Anything with the name ship on the end of it, citizenship, refers to maritime law. So if you hear that, oh, that's what's going on. So I don't want to go into that too much detail. But yeah, cut the long story short. Abraham Lincoln was the slave master. He wanted to enslave everybody. It was actually the South was, was fighting against this slave system. So when you start looking into it, it's fascinating stuff. And I was told completely nonsense in school. And right. the truth. They told us it was the North, wasn't it? That was free. <laughs> yeah, they said it was the North. They said, they said um, it was the South who wanted to keep slavery and it was the North who wanted to abolish it. Okay. However, if you look into the history books, you'll find that the war started two years before Abraham Lincoln brought out the idea to end slavery. And that's physical slavery. So I'm going, well, what were they fighting about for two years if the whole war was about slavery, like physical, you know, chain, you know, physical yeah. ownership of another human being? Slavery. Mm -hmm. But it was about slavery. It was about Abraham Lincoln who wanted to apply the citizenship to everybody. And he wanted to put a giant corporation over the top of the 50 states. And that's what it is. And everyone thinks uh, it's like uh, America, uh, United States of America is the corporation, which is not the United States. They're two separate things. So if you don't know that and you're swearing allegiance to, I think it's United States, you know, United States of America. If you're swearing allegiance to that, you're swearing allegiance to a corporation <laughs> and you're a citizen. So you're just an employee of this corporation. And if you accept that contract, you have to abide by all the policy and you've got to pay tax. <laughs> and just I just got a flash of like myself as a kid doing the uh, Pledge of Allegiance yeah. every morning in school, too. So yeah. that's like every morning they've trained us to play, to swear allegiance. Yes. Right. That's insane. Yeah. But so as far as Abraham Lincoln, you're saying that he implemented basically the slave system, but mm -hmm. then meanwhile made it look like he was uh, relieving or releasing the slaves from the actual physical bondage. Correct. Wow. That's what he was doing. That's what he was doing. And he was getting everyone tricked into the, becoming that's why you swear allegiance it's like okay see people should ask and you go who am i swearing allegiance to it's not a person it's the united states of america and i went well who? who 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 controls that who am i swearing allegiance to so people should stop and question because if you're going to swear allegiance it should at least be to a living breathing person <laughs> i would assume Fair. <laughs> you know, not a name <laughs> of a something you can't you know, or a symbol. Yeah, you know, it's like an oath. 
You know, when people yeah. swear an oath, I said, well, if you're going to swear an oath, it really should be to another living, breathing man or woman and not a legal fiction. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's like, at least be a real thing. But So what does is, what is the American flag represent to you? Because I know a lot of people are really like, you know, flag wavers and, you know, they love America. I don't know what they're uh, going to say about that. It's a logo of a corporation. It's the same as the Union Jack here in England. Okay, so the Union Jack is also symbolizes a corporation or a business, if you like. Well, I say corporation um, in, in layman terms, just to keep it simple, I'll just call them corporations, but basically they're all operating as trusts. But we don't need to go into that in too much detail because that's a complicated subject. On Robert actually went into a lot of that last episode. I was going to say to you, yeah, if you want to know more, Robert's the guy, and he'll explain how all that works. And it yeah. is complicated, So, and you would probably need a, a good two-hour episode just to scratch the surface of it. Yeah. But yes, going back to the flag, that's a logo. It's like Ford or Coca-Cola, Union Jack. It's just a logo. you know. And then if you trace it back, you'll find that there's, there's three colors, red, white, and blue. And if you go real deep, they actually, um, you know, going back thousands of years, they actually represent three families. I think one is war, one is, can't quite remember, one is uh, finance, I forget what the other one is. But these colours, these three colours actually represent these uh, dynastic families that have been going back thousands of years. And their colours are on every, all these different flags because they essentially own these countries as corporations. That's simple. You know, I've just had to paraphrase all that. But yeah, go and look into that. Wow. That's a rabbit hole all on its own. <laughs> That's something I never knew. Yeah, right there. I didn't I didn't yeah. know. I never looked into what the you know, I know the the star is meant to fifty states, but yeah. Yes, but it's the colours. Uh and then there's other things with the flags as well. It's like if the flag has um like a gold uh fluffy bit all the way around it, I Trim. Trim, yeah, you yeah. see that. I think that means um, it's un, it's occupied. It's been taken over. Mm-hmm. I'd have to double check that with my notes, but I'm pretty sure that's what it means. And if you look at the flagpole, if you look at the end of the flagpole, I think if it's if it's round, you're at peace. If it's pointed, you're at war. So there is tons of symbolism going on which people don't notice. Wow. Um, I don't, you know, it's a rabbit hole I haven't fully gone down, but I, I've touched on it just to have an understanding of common law and all this sort of stuff. I know a lot of people were talking about that with the whole, you know, Trump and Biden thing during yeah. the election. Um, I know that's mostly like the Q group, which I, you know, yeah. don't really follow. Uh, but, no, me but there was a lot of talk about that. What's your take on everything that happened there? I mean, it's obviously <laughs> a, a sham because it's part of the system, right? <laughs> But, so, I mean, I don't know. Do we still have a fence around the damn White House now? I don't even know what's going I, on. I saw the images. I thought, what's going on here? I saw a you know, fence going all the way around. Wow, yeah. are they really going to do this? They're going to actually put a fence all the way around it? And, really? So I did see this. But it's all, it's all a soap opera. Yeah. So politics today is, 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 is a soap opera. It's two colors, red and blue. Mm. And in your country the colors are different to over here they just switch it you know it's like the conservatives and the i think you've got republicans and the democrats and over here we've got the conservatives and we've got labor so but it, it all it is they're the same party they've just been split in half and they're being given two colors and here's the thing is that 
the voting system is part of the pleptorium, pleptorial, sorry, pleptorial system. Okay. You might have heard the word pleb before. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're pleb. Yeah. Well, that <laughs> comes from. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That, that word comes from the pleptorial system, which is a underclass of people who are illiterate and are stupid. Okay. <laughs> right. And this is part of the voting system. <laughs> so if oh, you vote, man. you're a pleb. Sorry, people out there. I used to vote. I don't anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know, I never, I never voted, um, but I did. I let myself get sucked in as like kind of an experiment, I will admit. But I never voted my entire life except for, for last year because I was like, all right, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. You know what I mean? But yeah. I knew intuitively, I knew this was bullshit. You know, totally. like nothing ever changed. None of these people really represented anything that the people ever wanted nope. and people would come after me like oh you gotta vote it's your civic duty like <laughs> civic no yeah no i heard that one as well and i'm oh my god <laughs> <laughs> it's it one really one is it's, it's the people need to to read about the hegelian dialectic mm. right because that's what it is it's two opposing forces that seem you know seem like they're opposing but really are on the same side they have the same goal ultimate goal Mm-hmm. That's what politics is. That's what the election is. That's what all the presidents are. Correct. They're all puppets, all yeah. of them. And when you learn how the system truly works, you can see through all of these politicians because you can see they're all lying. And I'm not saying that half of these politicians know this how the system works because some of these politicians in America and, and, and in England, they're morons. They're idiots. <laughs> absolute idiots you know i mean wow you know and so (laughs) you know i don't know how to put it any other way it's like they're morons so i'm not saying all politicians know they're they're just i don't know they're pulled into the system but the ones higher up they know how the game is played so our prime minister boris johnson he knows how the game's played um oh talk about morons oh my god <laughs> Boris Johnson, everyone thinks he's stupid. It's an act, okay? Really? Yeah, he's he, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. It's a yeah. Because why would you brush your hair with a balloon like that? I, I mean, know, <laughs> I know. But he's. I mean, Boris Johnson himself. His name is registered as a corporation. So he set himself up to be untouchable. This is why other politicians. They, you know, you got war criminals these politicians, and they never go to jail. And that's because they act in the name of their um, corporation and they know how the game is played. They know they can't be arrested because they know how the legal system works. I mean, don't forget, Boris Johnson went to Eton. He's done all this. He's learned Latin. He knows how all this works. He, he can read, you know, he knows the difference between Latin and dog Latin and, and you know, mongrel English, if you like, and all this nonsense. Wow. He knows this. So, yes, he looks like a buffoon. It's an act. He's bumbling. He knows what he's doing um, and he's wow. dangerous. Um, but um, other politicians, you know, some of them are absolute cretins. I mean, you can tell they're cretins. You can tell exactly what, you know, they just did it. I mean, wow. Um, the thing about Donald Trump, I don't think he, I don't think he knows what's going on. Really? I don't think he does because it's like, um, I, when I saw him actually um, elected, I thought, am I actually seeing this? Am I actually seeing some billionaire actually using his own money, actually going to get, a, you know, 
um, get in as president. And is he really going to get in there and change things? Is that what I'm watching? But then slowly after a couple of weeks or a couple of months, but now I think what happened, he got in and then he was taken down to the smoky room at the, at the, the base of the White House. They showed him the clip of, um, you know, JFK from the grassy knoll. <laughs> right. That's what's going to happen to you. And then Donald Trump went, okay, I'll play ball from now on. So he caved. That's yeah, the... I think I think so. Because he didn't do anything. For four years, nothing happened. He just sounded like all the other politicians. The national debt went up. I, You know, see, I was I was thinking that, you know, he he knew what he was doing from the beginning because he, if you think about the evolution of Trump, right? He started off saying exactly what you would need to say to, to gain your base, right? The conservatives, right? He said, COVID is a hoax, right? And then as time went on, COVID wasn't really so much of a hoax anymore. Yes. And then it became a lot about vaccines and selling the vac. I mean, now he's pushing them like it's his friggin' day job. Yes. I mean, so it's like, you know, it was like watching the the series Breaking Bad, you know, he starts off as a very like, you know, meek (laughs) science teacher, and then he becomes this like crazy drug dealer. Yeah. And that's how I see Trump. So I don't know. I mean, it it could be that that he was taken down to a smoky room and and he caved or I don't know. Just the evolution seems very suspect to me. Yes, yes. And, And then when you learn a little bit more about Donald Trump, he received a one million pound donation from Pfizer, right? And you're going, ah, you know, and that's not the end of it. It, it just all the, you know, all this truth starts coming out. But again, if you listen to what he's talking, it's all very shallow. It's emotional stuff. So on a cultural level, people like him. But then, if you know how the actual, it's like the monetary system. If you know how the monetary system works, and you know everything is by consent then you can see straight through Donald Trump and you go, he's on about, oh, I'm going to lower your taxes and all this other stuff. But if he actually wanted to get, you know, America free again, he could just say, look, you don't actually have to pay taxes. It's voluntary, you know, sort of stuff. And, and then he could explain what, you, I mean, here's another thing is people think that um, taxes pays for government services. It doesn't. Inflation does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then people go, oh, what's inflation then? And people think inflation is prices going up. They go, well, no, 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 no. Inflation is an increase in the money supply. And I use the term money in quotes because we don't use money. We use fiat currency. Mm-hmm. So inflation is the increase, in, uh, increase uh, of the currency supply, which then has the effect of prices going up. Because obviously that means you are devaluing the individual notes. So you need more notes to buy the same thing. So this is how government funds itself by quite literally printing all these notes every year that's why the national debt goes up and then your tax that you pay is paying the interest on the debt of all this new debt that the government creates so why don't politicians tell me that yeah i mean why don't politicians tell me that what's going on is when i fill out i mean it's like a speeding ticket okay why don't politicians tell me that they actually securitize my uh, speeding ticket and then make money on that not, not only do they make money on the fine i pay but that they take that documentation, securitize it, put debt on it, and then I have to pay the interest on that debt for the rest of my life. They don't tell me that. I didn't agree to this, you know. And then why don't they tell me that the actual loans I take out, right, from, say, if I want to buy a house and I, I go to a mortgage company and I take out a loan, that's my own credit. 
And then what the mortgage company is doing is the credit I've created, they're doing a bait and switch, give it back to me to trick me into thinking that it's a loan. And I spent 25 years back paying back my own credit at interest. Why don't politicians tell me that? So now when you understand how the financial system works, you can see straight through all of these politicians it, it really does like piece together too, like the entire matrix for you too you know what i mean like and all the stuff that they tell you is conspiracy theory it starts <laughs> to really like fit together and make sense when you look into this stuff so it's like yeah. i've never been one of those people that's just like that's a conspiracy theory i won't look at that i i was always like i want to look at that i want to see for myself and if this show does anything it's to advocate people to look into things, look into the craziest conspiracy theory you can think of. You'll start finding some truth behind it, okay? Because I think that's a very, like, unintelligent way to live your life, it, to, to just shuck off certain ideas and consider them conspiracy nonsense instead of looking at it yourself and, and really, like, you know, proving it right or wrong. Yes, absolutely. In fact, I would say... Perfect. And I say to everyone listening to me, don't take my word for it. If you want to, if you think I'm a crazy person, fine. But just go off and check. Yeah. Just go off and check. It's like memes. You know, you put memes out there and then people go, oh, where's your source and all this. That's not how memes are supposed to work. The meme is supposed to just make you think and go, you know what? I'm going to look that up. Yeah. (laughs) So whatever I say, go and look it up. Yeah, I have a Telegram group and like I ha- one of my pet peeves is like I-, I keep getting people who are like, source, so do you have a link for this? Please yeah. provide me with a link. No, I'm <laughs> posting this so you can go do some thinking and researching for yourself. Yeah. You know, I'm not here as like your personal researcher. No. But people are so unwilling to just like yeah. to take the initiative. Absolutely right. It's that's. I just say the thing, you know, I tell people these things, but I'm not doing your homework for you. If you're not interested, fine. Keep your masks on and go and watch Kitty Plays the Piano on YouTube, okay? If you're interested <laughs> in it, then go and look it up. <laughs> I don't care. So yeah. <laughs> I will only help people if they're going to help themselves, and that's it. You know, if they start, where's your proof, and start arguing with me, not for you then. Yeah, (laughs) you've got to be intellectually curious for for this stuff and to to find out more about life. That's that's step one, be intellectually curious. But, you know, they've really thwarted people's ability or even want to do that because it is about Kitty Plays the Piano and LOL (laughs) this and, you know, texting your friend and selfies and just bullshit. That's where we're at today. And that's why we're like all zombie automatons right now walking around with masks on. You're right. They're all glued to the phones, walking down the street with the phone. Yeah. I hate these things. Yeah, that was by design, I'm sure, right? I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, it is. I hate it. I hate how glued I am to my phone, too. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm guilty of that. I think everybody is because they made it impossible to live without it. Well, they are making it impossible. I don't think if people have noticed this, but um, the agenda is to get everybody on the phone. So... Yeah. They're doing it slowly. Um, what they're doing is they're bringing in, um, what's it, two-stage two verification. So when you log into one of their websites, they say, I know, we'll just email you a code to your mobile phone, and then you can use that to log in. And we're doing this for your safety. Right. No, 
what they're doing is getting you linked to your mobile phone. So you have to have it with you all the time. It's, I think it's called a two-stage verification. I think YouTube does it. Uh, there's some other websites that do it. I think banks do it. And also what banks are going to be bringing out is uh, facial recognition. And uh, they want your DNA. So they say they're going to start off with the two-stage thing. And if you want to shop online and you want to log into the bank account, okay, so you put your password into the bank account. Uh, and then they'll send you a number on your mobile phone at the moment. Then you've got to read that and then you've got to type the number in and then they'll let you log in. Well, yeah. they're going to up it. It's going to be, you're going to have to switch your camera on and then you've got to put that and you've got to see your face and then they're yeah. going to match your fingerprint on your phone. It's all coming, people. Masks These were great up. with that too. Like, you know, or you see here, Uber was doing like, oh, make sure you take a, a photo of your yeah. face with the mask on. You know, I saw it at the bagel shop down the street for me. They had like you know, a facial scan thing set yeah. up. It wasn't really like super in use, but people were like volunteering to do it. I they saw some kid, he saw it and he was like, he just did it. <laughs> I'm like, you moron. What are you yes. doing? Yes. They're I, insane. Don't, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't. I don't get it at all. It's I mean, scary. These mobile phones, I, I've just got another one because this one broke. <laughs> and uh, I always de-Google it. So as soon as I get a new phone, all Google comes off, all apps come off. There's no Facebook, there's nothing, no Twitter, Instagram, nothing at all. Blank. And I just use it for phone calls, emergency phone calls. Everyone who knows me knows, don't phone me. Okay, unless you broke down and you need my help, don't. <laughs> Don't phone me. Oh. <laughs> and then Texas, and then only semi-emergency Texas as well. Don't send me jokes. <laughs> don't send me what you're having for dinner. No memes. Don't yeah, don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but that's it, you know. And, oh, I, I'll just make sure I have a smartphone because it's got a camera on it. So if I get in an altercation, I'll switch the camera on and then I can record it. But yeah. that's it. Yeah. Other than that, this thing sits on my desk or in a drawer and I I hate them. <laughs> I don't like mobile phones. And it's funny because like um, colleges are now requiring um, students to download the their Vax app type thing. Yeah. And, you know, um, my girlfriend is finishing school and she got, you know, a message about it. And I was like, well, why don't you just tell them you have a flip phone? <laughs> you know, yeah. what about people? They, they're assuming nobody has a flip phone anymore because yes, a lot of people don't. Yes, it's right. becoming, you know, it's already become such a requirement. Yeah, and it's going to get worse. I mean, I think you've probably heard of cashless society. You know, they're trying to make us go cashless, but they're also going to make us go paperless. Yeah. They want everything online, everything digital, everything on your mobile phone, and they want everything in the cloud as well. Another dangerous yeah. thing. Yeah. So it's all coming, um, and people, you've got to wake up to this and say no. Stop the cashless, go back to using cash, um, paper. You've got it. People have got to get back into using paperwork. Okay, that is very critical. Stop phoning up corporations. Don't use emails. Okay, emails are very difficult uh, to be used as evidence in the court of law. It's mm. paperwork with signatures on. So everyone's got to put the brakes on and go back to paperwork and start doing proper notices, affidavits, that sort of stuff professionally signed only deal with signed paperwork not emails and not phone calls and all this sort of stuff and we've got to push back put it this way the ruling class at the very top they don't deal with all this electronic garbage it's for the plebs 
<laughs> yeah. Okay, they don't deal with them. They have seals and signed documents. And Co, you can see COVID is being used as an excuse for a cashless society. It's really funny. There's an ice cream place down the street from me, and they have a sign on the window now that says, we do not accept cash for safety reasons. And right next to that sign is a tip jar. Oh, wow, you're kidding me. <laughs> yeah, I took a video of it. It's somewhere on my Telegram, probably. But I thought that was the funniest thing because I, I I was gonna go up to them with like a hundred dollar bill and be like, oh, I was gonna give you this tip, but do uh, it. safety do reasons, it. you know? <laughs> do it. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> it's so, and people don't see, they don't make the connection. COVID is used for so so much right now. Yes. Yeah. It's insane. I mean, I, I don't deal with any businesses that won't take cash. I t- I'll say, well, I'll take my money somewhere else. Is that even like legal or lawful or whatever? Yeah, like, in fact, in the legal system, it's not because obviously um, we're talking about legal tender, obviously. Right. Um, legal tender, again, it's in the legal system and this is crown law, but it is, uh, if it is legal tender, then every company, every business is legally required to take it. So you're absolutely right. If you go to a business that is registered with the government, not a private business, and I'm talking about a pure private business that's not registered and doesn't have open door policy mm-hmm. if it's pure private then no you can't apply legal tender legislation to them but you can if the business is registered with the government because they are they've signed up and says yes we accept all public accommodation yeah. yes right. yes so but you're absolutely correct so you can go down that route if you go to a shop and, and they say well we're not going to accept this cash you can and it depends how cocky you are you can actually say you can fill your car up with petrol and then you go in with some cash and say, well, I'm going to pay for this. And it says, no, we don't take cash. Really? OK, let me just switch my camera on. I'll start recording this. And that says, right, I'm going to issue this again. I, I am record yourself. Say, right, I am now paying or offering to pay for this petrol. OK, would you like to take this? And if they say no. OK, do it another time. Three times. You've done it three times on the record. Right. He says, right. Well, I've tried to pay. Three times with legal tender, you've declined to take it. Bye-bye, and you drive off. And that petrol station is going to have a terrible time trying to take you to court because you've just recorded it and you've just tried to pay three times with legal tender. Right. That would be great to do. That's awesome. (laughs) I I think people were doing that with the whole mask thing, right? They were just leaving because they wouldn't check them out because they weren't wearing masks. They they were just leaving money on the the counter or whatever and taking their stuff. That's right. Get yeah, it recorded. If you've got a witness, if you've got two witnesses, or if you've got it on camera, you're covered. Yeah. You know, but yeah, people just got to fight back. Stand your ground, protect your rights, protect your freedoms. No one else will. And yeah. don't wait to be saved. No one's coming to save you. There is no MP, politician, call it what you will, is going to ride in on the white horse to save the day. It's not happening. Right. So if you want to keep your freedom, want to keep your rights, then learn this stuff. Get your mindset right. Learn equity law. That's what you need to do. And I will help anyone who wants to learn this stuff. That's awesome. And I wanted to ask you, and let me know if you run out of time at any point, but um, I wanted to ask you about the the injections, the mandates now going on with that. I mean, you already did talk about mandates, but um, what's your specific advice uh, regarding people, you know, losing their jobs and, um, you know, colleges and all that? Okay. I'll give you a, a general setup. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll consider it a, a boss, say, you know, your employer. 
is trying to mandate you to have a vaccine, okay? We've already touched on uh, mandates, so we already know that that would be unlawful if your boss was going to do that because you didn't sign a contract. So I'm going to have to talk in general terms because I don't know everybody's individual situation. But the first thing I would check is, well, did you sign a contract at all with this company you work for? And most people think they have. And I say, well, go back over that paperwork. You might only find one signature on it, and it's yours. If there's no second signature on that document, that's not a contract. That's a service agreement. And because your signature is on it, you control that document. All right. So now you're in a position of power. So you go in, let's say it's your boss, and your boss calls you in and says, I need to speak to you. Okay, okay, fair enough. Now you can handle this different ways. It depends. You could go in and sit down and he starts talking and he, and he can say, okay, what's this meeting about? Now, if he says uh, COVID or whatever, um, you say, okay, well, this is not pertaining to my job. Okay, so I'm going to have to stop this right now because you're now discussing something outside the contract that I agreed to, because I agreed to work for you and make widgets all day long. You're talking about some sort of medical procedure. So I'm going to have to stop this meeting right now, and I'm going to have to rebook this meeting with a witness. Okay? Get your wit so you can get it rebooked, and then you sit down, you have your witness present. Okay? Now you sit down, and this is the thing. You say nothing. Too many people are yapping. They think they can do it all in a meeting. Stop talking. Just Listen, so you sit there in the meeting with your witness and you say, okay, boss, what do you have to say? And you wait for the boss to say whatever it is. And if he's, you're listening for him to drop himself in it. And if he says, I'm going to require you to wear a mask. Okay, right. Can I have, you know, at the end of the meeting, can I have that in writing, please? Bob, if that's the boss's name, can I have that in writing, please? You want it in writing. As soon as Bob gives you it in writing, he signed it, and it's basically mandating you to wear a mask. Now you've got him, okay? Because now you've got your piece of paper, it's signed. Remember, oh, in this world, for a document to have any lawful or legal standing, it's got to have a signature on it, okay? You've got him. So now you can serve him notice. Outside of work, okay? This does, the business doesn't exist at this point. It's you and Bob. That's it. You serve Bob notice and you say to him, right, I have a witness and uh, you try to mandate me to actually have a mask, blah, blah, blah. I'm serving you notice, notice of liability. Uh, you know, or you could do a conditional uh, notice of conditional acceptance if you want. It's, it's, it's entirely up to you how you want to handle it. But you serve him notice. You can do a notice of interest if you like. If you, if you like your boss and you don't really want to go after him, but you just want to teach him a lesson. But... If you don't like your boss and you want to take him 400 grand, <laughs> notice a liability. Oh, yeah. <laughs> notice of liability. And you'll say, I'm now serving you. You've tried to mandate me to have a mask. There is no contract between me and you, Bob. Bob's the one who tried to mandate me, coming after you for 100,000. And then you notify Bob's supervisor. You say, right, I've got an employee here who's just violated my rights. They've tried to mandate me with a medical procedure violation of my rights what do you want to do about it and then you escalate it but get out of their system don't go down their complaints department don't make a don't say oh i'm going to talk to hr mm. waste of time okay. don't do that <laughs> bring it into your court this is another thing i want everyone to understand everyone has their own court to have their own jurisdiction to have their own laws it's with you all the time it's part 
of your rights. Rights are a package deal. You don't just have rights. You also have authority, responsibility, a whole load of other things. Your court is one of them, okay? Now, this is where a lot of people go wrong. They go to court, says, oh, I'm going to court. Well, if you go to court, you're in someone else's court. Yeah, I was going to ask you, how does that work if you're going to their kind of legal court system? That's right. Now, if you're taking Bob and you're suing Bob, you'd basically sue him from your house. Okay, you're, you're going to be doing the paperwork yourself and then you'll do the notices and then it'll probably es- escalate to an affidavit. And then once that's done, you'll probably do uh, a lien or whatever it is you want to do, however you want to continue the process. Now, you could do most of this from your house in your court. You don't even have to go to their court. Now, this is the distinction. There's a court house with a court room, okay? You can use them as long as you understand that when you walk in, it's under your jurisdiction, okay? You have to separate the two. If you're summoned to their court, it's administrative, okay? It's not a court of law. You're entering into a corporation operating as a trust, like a speeding ticket, right? Mm -hmm. So if you walk into the courtroom, you're being caught speeding. And there's a dead giveaway, by the way, because when you walk into these administrative courts, there's no jury. So when you walk in, you go, shouldn't there be 12 people here? (laughs) Where's my jury? (laughs) I'm not in a court of law then. So... Don't get called into their courts. If you get called into their courts and you accept it, you've entered into joinder and you've done, you've done, you've lost. Before you even said a word, you've lost. That's a completely different subject. So don't get called into their courts, but you can use the courthouse and the courtroom and you can use the employees that work there. They're all under oath and then they have a job to do. So you can use them to process your own documents. You can pay a lawyer or a solicitor to do this for you as long as you take tight control of that solicitor and you don't let him do his own thing. Mm -hmm. So you can actually hire a solicitor to process and file your own paperwork. He will become what is called a notary public. So you basically, if you're suing your boss, you'll do it through notices, which will be in the private. Okay. So you're going to be sending them a notice. It might be a notice of interest see what response is. I usually put latches in my notice. So it's a time period. He's got 30 days to respond. If he doesn't respond, then the latches come into effect. Then I'll send another one, 14 days. It's a 14 day one, notice of liability. Uh, You can then go on to, you owe me this, notice of default, whatever, however you want to handle it. Usually when I do notices, by the way, the other side gives in. So I've never had to go all the way to an affidavit. I've only ever had to go all the way and actually go to court. But I made the switch and then I just used small claims court because it was easier, mm-hmm. which is the legal system. But if I, if you remember, I said before, select the weapon. You can select all these layers and you can say, well, I'll pick that. So that's why remedy is different for every person. It depends on the situation. But yeah, you just serve notices to, the, to the, your boss and say, right, you've tried to mandate me. You do everything above board. Everything is documented. You get everything done correctly file it with the court, do an affidavit. And if he doesn't respond to your affidavit in 30 days, you've won. And then you can say, right, I've won, and now I'm just going to send in the bailiffs. I know I made it sound simple, but I'm just generalizing. It's a little bit, you know, it normally takes about nine months to do this if you know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. But yeah, make it personal to the boss. Yeah, and I think most most of them, these employers, they're not willing to to take liability or put anything down on paper. So it, it really is just about pushing back a little bit and, and yes. putting the pressure on them. And people get so scared to even do that, you know? Yes. So, yes. yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to really empower people to just take that little, you know, that one small step to just, you know, call out your, your boss and ask them, to, to do that, that one thing, if nothing else. Yes. Because they won't do it. They will Nine do. out of ten times. They will they'll, they'll try and wriggle out of it. Yeah. But if they don't give you due process and then they sack you, you go after them big style because then you can prove, well, I wasn't given due process. Where's the yeah. paperwork? You can't just sack me. There's got to be a reason for it. I mean, I've, I've been dealing with loads of businesses you know, because I've worked in many different jobs and I've had to battle with some of the management because they've tried to apply things onto me that I disagreed with. So I've done this many, many times. They have to give you due process, mm-hmm. you know, and then you can start, you can even use legislation against them at that point. If it's a company registered with the business, uh, you know, the business, sorry, the business is registered with the, the government, then um, you can throw legislation at them. I say, you've got to give me due process. I've got to have a witness present. You've got to give me written you know, there's a process you have to follow within legislation. If you don't follow that, you've breached it, and now you've committed a crime. So mm-hmm. just learn this stuff. But it starts with standing your ground. Yeah, I wanted to ask where where does the like the ADA fit in and all this stuff? Because I, I I got a friend, John Singleton. He's a great guy, very smart. Um, he's been writing up a lot of like uh, paperwork to to help people, but using the ADA. And he's he's telling them to go to to HR and say that it's harassment, so everything gets funneled into HR, and then do kind of the same thing where they where you ask them to take liability and prove certain things. Okay, so he's going the legal route. Okay, so that you can do that if you wish, but um, if you're going to go down that road, that's a minefield. You've really got to know what you're doing because uh, in America, I believe there's something like 50 million statute pieces of legislation on the books Mm. that's a minefield you've got to tread carefully in here in england i think it's like 32 million or something like that so you can play this game you can use legislation but you've got to be an experienced lawyer you know probably 50 years experience under your belt you know these lawyers that live in london and get three and a half thousand pound an hour one of those might be able to help you but if you're a new lawyer at this and you've just been doing it for a couple of years you're going to get eaten alive. Yeah. And that's why I wouldn't, I don't, would not recommend it. Um, this is why I don't deal with the legal system. Yeah. Because you're playing whack-a-mole. You're playing like, um, you know, snap. Or so, you're putting cards down of an infinite deck of cards. You're never mm-hmm. going to win. So I simplify it right down. I throw all that in the bin. That, you know, 50 million pieces of legislation doesn't apply to me because my signature's not on it. Yeah. Not playing with that. I keep it simple. It's just about rights. If you violate my rights, I'm going to put it down in a notice and I'm going to go after the individual. Keep it simple and it's a much easier battle. And most people can wrap their heads around it. It's not difficult. So legislation, I wouldn't bother with it. I'd leave it alone and get out of the system. Um, You've really got to know what you're doing. And you've got to have a lot of money for that because the lawyer's going to do it for you. It's going to cost you hundreds of thousands if you keep paying these lawyers to you know, drag it out for a couple of years. It's not cheap. Yeah, it is very expensive. And I mean, that's why most people can't, 
you know, represent themselves. Um, That's right. Represent. That's another scam, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Because you're representing your legal fiction when you go to court. You're not representing yourself. You can't represent yourself. You can only present yourself. Yeah. But, I mean, going back to the common law stuff and equity law, it's cheap. You can sue someone for a barely, I don't know, £100, £200, if that, you know, stamps, you know, ink for your printer. You might have to pay the court £40 to file your paperwork or something like that. But mm -hmm. that's it, you know, compared to paying a lawyer and it's going to cost you 200000 or something. My God, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of what else to, to ask you. Um, I guess, you know, what... Um, where where can people find you? What's the what's the first step for people okay. um, to to start getting into this stuff and um, and learning there? Yeah, there no worries. Right. Um, I have a website which is the sovereignproject.live. We'll probably put some links down down the bottom anyway, so people can click on it. Sure. Um, so there's a website there. Um, there's documents on there. Start at the beginning. Just read the stuff. I've done it very easy English, and it's not like what's of text you've got to get through you know but it's very easy to understand so just start at the beginning go through the mindset stuff and understand what law is do the sovereign postulates that is very easy to understand then the different uh, layers of law different levels of law and then read the rest of the documents there's a there's um, a how to to do a notice if you want to know how to put a notice together you've never done one download the documents it shows you there's a template a, a mock-up notice show you what it should look like and it shows you how it should be laid out and what it all means so when you fill out a, note, a notice i don't want people to do it parrot fashion it's like you know why have i put that there well i explain why you put that in your notice and why the address should be there and your signature should be here and why you should do all rights reserved um so there's documents on there that shows the power of your signature uh, other bits and bobs will be more uploaded as we work on this um, we'll be doing how to do an affidavit, how to do the lean process, that sort of stuff. That will be up on there soon. But just start with that, read that. And then what I'm saying to people is we hold a uh, weekly workshop here where I live in the Midlands, which is, you know, in the UK. Uh, if people want to hold their own workshop in other parts of the country and any, anywhere on the globe, if you like, um, read this stuff. If you get into it, you enjoy it get in touch and then we'll try and set you up with a workshop you know and then we'll start getting this out to everybody wonderful so that's the plan and this is all free on the website all free. wow yeah, that's no, amazing no charge there's no paywall it's all free so yeah no worries that's amazing <laughs> thank, thank you, you so me. much for doing that um all right well i mean yeah again i could talk i mean i could talk to you for hours but uh, yes We've gone a long time, so I hope you'll come back and, and talk to us again because, sure. uh, wow, I mean, this has been definitely one of my favorites. Um, just learn, <laughs> learning about this stuff is, like, mind-blowing, you know? Yeah, I've enjoyed the conversation. It's great. Likewise. <laughs> okay. Well, um, yeah, I will, put the, I will put the information in the caption of the video below so everybody can check out your stuff and start learning this stuff. And, uh, yeah, again, thank you so much for, for coming by and talking with me.
The information presented in this program is not intended as legal, health, or nutritional advice. It is provided for informational purposes only. Alighton does not endorse nor accept responsibility for any statements, views, or opinions expressed by its guests.